This week on the show, photographer Andy Becca of Box Top Photography. I'm photographer Brian Fisher. And I'm model Roxanne Kelly. And this is Twip Glam. Twip Glam is This Week in Photography's newest podcast. Each week we explore the world of glamour photography by examining a photographer, model, or makeup artist portfolio. This week, we jump in with Andy Baca. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. Hello. Pleasure to be here. Tell me a little bit about how you got into photography. I went to art school, to Parsons School of Design in, here in New York City, where I started studied illustration and painting. And during that time, I never really gave a damn about photography at all. Never took, had to take a class in it. Really was an interest in it. Painting was my thing. And about five years ago, I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And the show just absolutely knocked me out. And I wanted to get into photography. And um, a week later, I went and bought a small camera. And I started out with street photography and played around with that for about a year. And little by little, I started getting into urbexing a little bit. And... We discovered this incredible abandoned coal breaker in Pennsylvania, and that was like my lab for about the next year. Played around with all different types of photography, HDR, bracketing. I basically learned how to shoot there. And during that time, I started shooting my fellow photographer, Bob, whom I used to go there with all the time. And from there, I started shooting models after that and uh, eventually shot some models there as well. It's amazing how far you've progressed in just a handful of years. Yeah, it's it's really and and I I think what people will see is your background in classical Absolutely. art. Yeah, I Absolutely. think it takes a certain I, as, eye. As much as I'd like to get away from that because I know that I have a painter's eye, I'm tr- you know, I'm trying to move away from that and get beyond that, but it's so much a part of me because that was my background, mm-hmm. um, having had that background as I, a painter. I wouldn't try too hard because your your classical training sets your stuff apart. It was what, when we opened up your portfolio, we immediately went, oh, oh, well, there's <laughs> something here to be seen. And again, I think it is uh, the deep understanding of composure. And it's just, it's all beautifully crafted, not just photographed. I also failed to uh, mention that I had a career as an illustrator for about 15 years. And then from there, I just got completely burned out on it. And during that time, I started playing around with Photoshop about 20 years ago. And my career as an illustrator wound down and um, wasn't getting the work that I was in the whole industry was transitioning from traditional media to digital. And ironically enough, I didn't want to pursue digital format for doing illustration work, but I gravitated to doing Photoshop. Um, eventually got a job as a photo retoucher. So those two kind of go hand in hand, my background as a painter and now my present career as a f- photo retoucher. So that kind of uh, is probably my, my, my bleh, why my work is a little bit obsessively uh, done in post-production. I Completely understand. Actually, I am a little the opposite in that almost all of my art education is in photography. Really? And I do almost zero post-processing. I'm an in-the-camera guy. Yeah. See, I would like to do more of that, cause, but I can't help myself. <laughs> Once I get started, it's such a part of me because of my job that it's hard for me not to take, try and take it to someplace else um, than what was inside of the camera. Mm-hmm. I get it. I really do. Well, they're just totally different art forms, and yep. I love them both. <laughs> Me too. So I can't help but notice behind you is, uh, it looks like you're in a grape orchard. 
Um, or yes. the Amazon jungle. Could be the Amazon jungle. <laughs> what that is is I live here in New Jersey, and I, I don't have a studio. So during the winter months, my options are kind of limited to where I can shoot. And um, I go hiking frequently, especially there's a park along the Hudson River here and by the George Washington Bridge. And it's kind of magical in the wintertime. It's just full of these hanging vines, and uh, it has this magical feel to it. So I decided that if I can't really shoot outdoors during the wintertime, I would bring a little bit of the outdoors into my studio. So I have this brick wall behind me, and and I hung a net, and uh, I just started bringing home like a crazy person all these vines that were uh, <laughs> out in the woods and uh i, I did it over the course of about a month and i think people must have seen thought i was nuts carrying them from my car into my apartment that's exactly and, what uh, i was thinking <laughs> yeah i'm sure they must think that i'm nuts and have no like, idea what i'm doing it's a green hoarder <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> so i take them into the basement and i would spray them with bug spray just to make sure that there was nothing unwanted amongst all the vines but I'd like to do that some more this week, this year. Uh, I haven't didn't really use utilize it last year, but I'd like to collect more, maybe do an entire wall with it to see what I can come up with. Because again, uh, shooting options here, unlike in California, are pretty limited uh, mm-hmm. during the colder months, and the colder months just seem to go on and on and on here. Yeah. Well, we... the texture on that wall is so neat with using those vines. Yeah. It is. It, it's cool, and I'd like to explore some more with different ways of lighting it. It yielded some good results too. Uh, nothing is represented in the portfolio that I had sent you, but it, some of the shots I was pretty happy with. Yeah, the uh, California is a very different creature in that our green time of the year is called mm-hmm. winter. Mm-hmm. And um, right. we don't have any old buildings to shoot in because the real estate values are so high. Every time uh, a building right. gets 50, we knock it over <laughs> true, and put a different true. one there. Mm-hmm. Um, and no heavy industry because it might hurt a grasshopper. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, all right, well, have everything from incredible mountains to vast deserts. Uh, yes, I would love to live it in is, It is cool. As a matter of fact, uh, we were on the beach last week mm-hmm. uh, doing a test shoot with some, doing some some fun stuff. Should we share one or two of those? Sure. Well, I get to choose them. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, there's this one. And uh, as you can see, the wardrobe is made of gold. Very interesting product to use. It's called Gold Flake, and uh, I think it, it's a fun experiment. We we will be working with it on a trip out to the desert. We're going to go up as a sort of uh, this weekend glamour field trip with some of our cohorts up to California's high desert and be shooting out on the dry lake beds and things. So, I'm so a little excited. preview there. You know, the says, I have what so... part of the state is that? Uh, that would be sort of the eastern, straight east from us. Uh, at about so, 3,000 feet. Okay. So uh, is, is it near Death Valley or is that... Up towards much- Death Valley. Most people will recognize uh, the recognize it if they're airplane buffs because okay. uh, this is where they land the space shuttle or when they're ah, flying okay. the space shuttle. Okay. It is a perfectly flat plane without any vegetation. Mm. And, uh, and we're going to go out and shoot on it here shortly. I'm looking forward to it. I have some really fun it, ideas for poses. Sh- good. <laughs> Keep the ideas. I will. Keep track. I'm I so will. envious. New Jersey is such a boring state in comparison. They have airplanes. Come on out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, gladly. Um, before we jump into pictures, uh, mm-hmm. unlike all of the other uh, podcasts on the network, we are going to be displaying podcasts that do incorporate nudity. And we understand that that is a hot button topic for some businesses and some viewers. 
So we want to make sure everybody is in the right place to see the right things. If you're catching the podcast on iTunes or YouTube, you're going to see editing over the top of what would be considered family objectable. If you'd like to see the unedited podcast, that's going to be on our page at thisweekinphoto.com. Um, and they're all very tasteful. They're all it's... tasteful. They're all artistic. But in today's world of I can be more offended than you can, mm. uh, we've decided to just put a nice warning out there. Uh, in this particular group of pictures, very conservative. One one nude picture, and it's great. That's why we're bringing it to you. We're not <laughs> going to bring anything out for the purposes of uh, the fact that it's a nude picture. We're bringing it to you because it's art. Okay. So without further ado, let's move on to some pictures that are pretty cool. I'm so excited. <laughs> so you could do this uh, one on the high desert. Yes. Well, this looks like uh, the dry lake bed, except this is much bumpier. Okay. No, this was shot in Bonneville Soft Flats in yeah, Utah. It, it's not as flat as where we're going. <laughs> you know what? I've, I've shot in Utah at the, at the Salt Flats. It's a it's very an, interesting <laughs> place. It is. This whole thing started... Um, my very good friend, Zoe West, who's the model in this photograph, uh, she's a noted model, tra noted traveling model. And uh, I'd been working with her for about eight months at the time, and she was up to do this workshop in Utah. I think it's Joel Belmont. He does these uh, workshops down in uh, Lake Powell. We know she Joel was, uh, pretty well. He was yeah. a guest oh, really? on our previous show, and he uh, is on the docket to come back and uh, talk to us in a future episode. Oh, fantastic. I'd love to listen to that. So Zoe was up for that, and um, and when she was mentioning Lake Powell in Utah, uh, before I got into photography within the past 15 years, I was a big backpacker and hiker, and I still am a big hiker. And Utah is one of my favorite places in the world, and I've been there countless times. And when she told me that she was up to do this workshop in Utah, I was like, wow, that sounds fantastic. And then I was looking at the price and then thinking about it. And it was just like I mentioned something under my breath, like it would be probably be cheaper if I just hired my own model and did my own trip. And I was just kind of joking about it. And she kind of said, well, you know, I'd be up for that if you really wanted to do it. And I said, no, no, that's crazy. And so a week later, I was buying tickets for the two of us to go. <laughs> and that was in a January. So we went in the first week of May. So this was our first We'd gotten in late the night before, and um, so it would have been unthinkable to get out to the salt flats at 6 o'clock in the morning. So we arrived at the Bunnable Salt Flats at about, gee, like 9-ish, and at that point, the light was pretty damn strong. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell, definitely. In yeah, it was very bright, so we kind of missed that perfect window. But we ended up shooting there for about an hour or so until the light just got too crazy. And it worked best if she was sort of facing this away from the sun. And I think on this particular shot, I may have had a speed light in front of her by about 10 feet just to sort of uh, throw some light onto her face. Mm -hmm. And it probably worked, opened it up a little bit in Photoshop so that uh, she wouldn't be completely flat. And um, with this particular shot, as you can imagine, shooting in such a light-colored environment and then also the black dress. Technically, I was very concerned about getting enough, a little bit of detail so that it wasn't completely blown out in the salt flat uh, ground and then as well as opening up the dress so that you can see detail in there as well. So that would kind of be balanced throughout. The detail would be balanced throughout. Um, 
I think I get a lot of that sort of thinking because I used to shoot HDR, something that I don't do anymore. Mm -hmm. And but I learned to bracket. And even though this shot wasn't bracketed, I will make numerous exposures from the one raw file. I'll make a light one uh, for the detail within the dress, and I would make a dark one where the detail is preserved into the ground so that you have that complete range. And then I will carefully mask in and blend areas so that you'll have detail throughout the image. Have you ever tried using uh, one of the HDR packages to tone map your single exposure? I used to do urbexing, and for that, it was sort of a mixed bag. And sometimes I really couldn't, didn't like the look of it. Um, but I used to use, what did I used to use? Photomatics, which is wonderful. A lot of people do great work with it. And I was, you know, I did some stuff that I was very happy with. But especially for shooting people, it's something that I, I try my best to avoid. I just don't like that look in terms of shooting people. Yeah, it can um, be overdone in a heartbeat. Totally overdone. But I, what I did learn from it is um, getting that range of, of tone and detail throughout the image, going from shadow detail to detail in the lights and not blowing it out. So that was a very invaluable thing that I learned while I was um, HDRing. I learned to bracket or at least even just with one shot, making multiple exposures and stacking them and then masking um, to get that detail. I know a lot of photographers end up becoming sort of all about one discipline, and mm -hmm. this is a perfect example where stretch outside of your discipline, go shoot some trees, go play with different technologies. Mm -hmm. Always Absolutely. helpful. Absolutely. You know, sometimes I think about, I think sometimes as a photographer, and even though I don't have that much experience, but I think you can hit a wall. And I think if you tr experiment with other types of photographer, even shooting food or landscapes it, it, it's all part of this the stew that you know that becomes you by trying these different forms of photography i think one could possibly help the other because i think somebody that just shoots still lifes or food photography if they were to shoot people they would have a different take on it and it could yield some interesting results i think it all just becomes one big stew the different types of things that you try and i think it is good to try and stretch yourself and experiment and try new things absolutely on to our next picture. I How did you get this location? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. This location <laughs> oh, is incredible. It is incredible. Um, that's Zoe West again. And Zoe had shot with this photographer, Scott. Let's just call him Matt. And he had liked the work that I had done with Zoe. So he was going to shoot in Baltimore. And he invited me down one day. And he was going to shoot at this place called the Borax. Not Borax. I think it's Promo Seltzer clock tower in Baltimore and the, the tower itself was I think inspired by either a tower in it might be a tower from Siena Italy or Florence one of the two but it's quite striking from the outside and inside it's just magical I would love to go back there and shoot it again it was actually quite reasonable to rent that space out and so Scott had rented the space out and uh, Zoe and I supply the clothing and uh, there's, that's just one of the shots that we took there. It was fun. I think we only shot there for about an hour. And uh, this particular shot, because I'm obsessive about my Photoshop, I think I stretched a dress out maybe an inch or so just because I wanted that extremely long, flowing look to the dress. But mm -hmm. it was such a beautiful location. It was a great day. It, I have a question about the wardrobe. Is that a corset mm -hmm. over a dress? It is. Um, it's a corset. So we and I were buying corsets a lot for our shoots 
and um, there's a place online called Corset. No, I shouldn't mention the name. Yes, and uh, I forget where she got that skirt from. I think we had it from some previous shoot. I can't quite remember. It's been that was about two years ago that we shot that. Yeah, if I wanted that set, I would have to build it from scratch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I probably would. I know you would. <laughs> Brian's crazy. He just builds a studio in his garage. <laughs> really? I see. Photography is addicting, and you know it makes people do these kinds of extreme crazy things. Absolutely true. Yes, Just it is ask, an addiction. Ask my spouse. Crazy, <laughs> crazy things. It's 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 such an addiction, but it's a positive thing. I I think so. As as they say, teach your kids to take pictures. They will never have the money for drugs. Ah, that's a good one. And I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. So on on this picture. Mm-hmm. At, are those the natural shadows behind? Or have you had to really tweak to get the uh, sort of the balance of how dark the shadow is against the white glass? I think I probably, I sort of have a tendency to do that, but I probably vignetted uh, the left side, the wall, just so that would, it, you know, enhance, have your eye flow more towards her mm-hmm. and um, less towards the brick. So I'm sure I must have darkened the wall down a bit. Yeah, it really and- works. It really, really works. And, you know, in model yeah. photography, we oftentimes uh, just zoom right in our models. We don't bring in much of the background. Well, it's in interesting. In this case, it's like, she's an accessory to an overall image. Okay. It's something that, it's funny, I was listening to Flern, I forget the guy's name who runs that, and he was talking to Eric Almas today, or at least I was listening to it. And it's interesting because Eric's work, which I've just discovered recently and and I like quite a bit, um, and they were talking about if you go through your exit data and and you go through, it will tell you, it will line up all of the lens, focal lengths that you take and you can kind of see what shots that you take most of all. And I, I, me, it's like I do have a tendency to try and capture everything, but I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to have a, a range where I go in tight for a portrait and then pull back and capture the environment because I don't want to just focus on the figure within the environment. Although sometimes at a place like this, you just have to, it'd be foolish to just take a portrait shot. But I think sometimes you get locked into one or the other. And I think for myself, I would like to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. Come in close, come in close and then try and capture everything as well. Yeah. Sure. But I, I was reading an article, it's been a couple of days back about uh, the golden spiral, golden ratio, whatever you'd like mm-hmm. to call it. And um, this, this picture would cause the, 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 the orthodox people great pain because she's sort of sitting on the spiral and not part of it. But, um, and for the record, not a big believer in all these uh, composure rules. I, like to just go with what feels good. And what Me looks too. Good. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. Um, it's funny, two years, two and a half years ago or so, I went to this workshop that this guy had in this abandoned building. And um, it was interesting because it was my first exposure to doing um, using speed lights. And he was telling me, you know, you should never take a shot with the, with the subject matter looking straight on in the center of the photo. You should just never do that. I was just like, I immediately know that he must have read this from a book someplace. And I, I just said, I know why you're saying that, but I completely disagree with you. Yeah, if anything, and, it's extremely powerful because yeah, you, absolutely. You, 
get locked because they're looking right at you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, recently discovered this photographer who does wonderful work, Jennifer Hudson. I think her name is Jennifer Thorson now. But so much of her work is just a figure in the center, like looking at you. And it's the work is absolutely wonderful. Sounds like so, somebody yeah. that should be on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Look her up. She's wonderful. <laughs> um, she, yeah. Those, the rules like that, I, I think they should be thrown out. You should just do an, after I think learn them at first and then just forget about it. And then it should just sort of become intuitive. Um, I, I think the value and, and the way it was taught to me in photo school was this is the rule. This is why it's important. Now throw away the rule and remember why it was important. Cause sometimes when you're, when you're looking at something within the lens, you just kind of feel what feels right. Yeah. And um, take it from there. But yeah, you know, I think beginning photographers should learn the rule of thirds and, you know, learn their way around the frame and, but then forget about it. There is a giant spider coming down out of the ceiling. There is, I could not have missed that. And it's next to the screen, mind you. That is a long way away. It it won't get over to us for a while. On to the next picture. I didn't didn't think you guys had spiders. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. They grow very well in our environment. And we have a lot of tarantulas. Should I go squish Uh, it? Okay. Uh, No. Are you sure? We're just going to leave it? We'll get that later. Okay. That we'll is put a, a name big tag on spider. It. Oh, it my good. gosh. <laughs> you and I are both looking at it at the same time. It's coming out of the ceiling next to the screen. It's like, oh, we've suddenly uh, gone into a fairy tale where a pig is talking to a spider. Yeah. <laughs> um, next picture, which is spider-free. Yes. This next image is gorgeous. I love the wardrobe. I love that she's topless and that the, the curves in her are manifested in the landscape which is so cool <laughs> yeah and, and the use of the line from the corner working its way off in basically aiming at the uh the mountain is pretty great you think you and i could make this shoot in the dunes yes we could let's do it okay. so, so let me ask you do you recognize <laughs> do you recognize the location i do not uh it it reminds me of uh the mountains in the back of star wars <laughs> um, who knows whether they did indeed use these this is Death Valley I forget the name of the dunes uh, within Death Valley but it's not the biggest one but I think it's maybe the most popular one hmm. I can't remember the name of it did you have to edit out any other people since it's no no not at all um, this was we Zoe and I do these trips and um, this was our second trip that we made and we flew out to we got into Vegas like late in the after, later in the afternoon than we would have liked, and we drove crazily to get to Death Valley to try and make use of um, the the remains of the light that were left during the day. And um, we got there a little bit later than I would have liked because we shot for maybe half an hour before the light just vanished, and this was among the first sh- shots that we took there. And basically, it was just get there, you know, frantically. Okay. I see this line. It's just run along the line, run along the crest of that line. And uh, this is one of the shots that came out. But I would love to go back and shoot there sometime because it was just fantastic. It's amazing how quickly you can get that shot. You have an eye for it. It takes half an hour. You get some of the best shots. Sometimes it's just sometimes you just like it's just intuitive. Just, you know, do this. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But in that particular case, it worked. And uh, I just remember that sand was so difficult to walk through. I'll bet. And um, I think, you know, eventually we tried some nudes there. And I think there were some people on a hilltop sort of watching the whole show. It but, happens. 
Zoe's such a seasoned pro. It's like she doesn't really care. But, uh... So something that and, and it took me a minute because I was looking at this line and I'm kind of kind of fascinated with it. And I realized so most of the time you're in sand dunes. I only shot on sand dunes half a dozen times, but I, you know you're always looking for the pristine dune with that razor sharp edge to it. Mm-hmm. This edge has been trampled down by tourists. Yes. And it's turned into this lovely middle tone between the, it's, it's a stripe instead of a line. And yeah. I love it. You know, I never really looked at it. I really never really noticed that. But yeah, it's just like this flat little, almost like a pathway yeah. along that crest. And the light was just like, there's just perfect separation between the light side and the dark side. Yeah. It's almost um, like a story, like she's walking along this hillside or this uh, hilltop. Just, you just need a castle in the background. Yeah, and a, a dragon. <laughs> it's I a lovely image. I, yes. I, again, love the use of the lines. The color of the sky offset the color of the skirt is great. It looks like the same skirt as in the last shot. It does. That could very well be true. You know, on a limited budget, I don't have tons of money to spend on this stuff. It's like some stuff. Sometimes you do see the same clothing in certain shots. Um, no, that's not a bad thing. Well, the next time yeah. you're going to Death Valley, you give us a week's notice and we will pile in a car and meet you there. We will. I would love it. You guys seem great. Yeah. It's just, I haven't really looked at these shots in a while. And, it, it, you know, they just trigger the memories of uh, being there and shooting. And it, it was a lot of fun. Okay. It's like, it doesn't, for me, it's like when I'm out shooting, it doesn't get any better than that. And it's just, especially, you know, working with people that you really like and being in an absolutely fantastic location is nothing better. It's incredible. You know, I, I look at the bushes in the background and my first thought was like, ah, but I think they're actually kind of important because if you, I'm, I'm looking, if I take away those bushes for a second, I would suddenly, it becomes so clean. It looks very artificial. Yeah. I think in this particular case, I think it holds. It sort of adds weight to her on that side. I think so. But yeah, I, I could see, you know, maybe something, nothing that I ever thought about, but I could sort of see why you yeah. might think about it. It would start to look sterile, look alien. <laughs> now, 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 every time I look at that, I'm going to be thinking of that. It's interesting getting other people's points of view because I, I work in sort of a vacuum. Um, but yeah, I could see that. But I think in this case, I think I agree with you. They probably should remain. Yeah. Well, uh, I. Through the magic of technology, here they are gone, and here they are back. And as we can obviously see uh, in post-production, that uh, it's a lot better with them there. You know what else I've, I've liked in a couple of the last three is how you bisect the photo with the uh, the background. So, like yeah. where the background intersects with the model I think is so important, and you have it nailed in both, both of the first and the third shot. Well, and the, the this new shot, the log does some of that same thing. It provides this platform. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's this good story to tell about this one. <laughs> there's um, always a good story when oh, water is involved. It doesn't get much better than this. Uh, so the year before, I had done like an Ophelia-type shot, which, which is kind of interesting because as a painter, I had always loved this one painting by this um, pre-Raphaelite painter by the name of Melias and he did this famous uh, painting of Ophelia and I, I've always loved it and always wanted to do some work similar to that or inspired by it. Little did I know that just about everybody out there has the same idea. Anyway, so the previous year I had done this Ophelia type shot which is like this woman laying in, in water and it's based on a, a Shakespeare uh, novel. I can't remember the one. Excuse, forgive me. And so, so the following year 
which is when this shot was taken, I had scouted out this absolutely fantastic location to do this a second shoot. And as you can see, it has the tall weeds and the lily pads in the back and, and the, the tree stump in the water. It was just fantastic. And the light at the end of the day was just absolutely magical. And so when I first scouted it out in April, the water level was fairly high and it looked more doable. By July, when we when I went to this location, uh, we were in a slight drought and the water was a little bit more nasty than I would have liked. So I chose Caitlin for this particular project because I know she's a tough girl. You know, I knew that she would do things that a lot of other models perhaps wouldn't. So we got to the location. And I was like, Ugh, the water is lower than I, and a little nastier than I had hoped for. And I said, you don't have to do this if you don't want. I have a backup location, but she was willing to go for it so she had sneakers on and she made her way out to the tree trunk which is about maybe 20 25 feet from the shoreline and the shoreline had a little bit of a hill to it so i was positioned on the hillside with my tripod looking down at her so i'd have more of a, of a range uh, a view and um so at one point she was by the log and she just stopped and she's looking into the water. And I said, Caitlin, what's going on? And she said, there's, there's things swimming in the water. And I was like, are they minnows? And she's like, no. It's like, tadpoles? No. <laughs> she goes, leeches. Oh, yeah. my God. She I'm afraid you're going to say that. <laughs> thank God she jumped onto the log. And she frantically just, like, with her hands, just pushed them all off. They were on the dress. One was in her sneaker. None actually latched on to her. Oh, my goodness. And she was okay. But Caitlin's a trooper. Um, after she got that, I said, you know, you can certainly get, get out of there if you'd like. And she's just like, no, no, I'm fine. Let's shoot on here on, on this tree stump. And she used to be a gymnast, so she had, <clears throat> excuse me, very good balance. That's and a we good shot thing. for maybe <laughs> five, ten minutes or so. And um, – this was one of the shots that came out of it, and she was fantastic that day. And She um, had to go back into the water to get out. She did, and <laughs> she made her way out. And unfortunately, when she got to shore, she had no leeches in her. Because I think she, because she was quickly moving, none of them were – it, wasn't, a, oh, that's it good. wasn't an issue. Oh, and I gave her a big tip <laughs> at the end of the day for that one. Yeah. And um, – didn't seem to damage our friendship. <laughs> That's good. I, I admit that I've caused more than one model a challenging day over the years. Uh, I want you to know, this is actually one of the first pictures I saw of yours. Mm -hmm. And it lives on a folder on my laptop entitled Medium Format Copy Pictures. Oh. And uh, this this is of my, my inspiration pictures because I've started shooting a bit of medium format film. Mm-hmm. And I think this would look really beautiful in ridiculous black and white film resolution. Probably, yes. Um, my only issue with this in terms of technical speak, um, uh, the lens that I use for this, you know, I only have a few lenses and I use a Canon 24 to 105 4.0, which in a lot of cases is a fantastic lens. The trouble that I have with that lens, when you're shooting a figure this small, I think the detail kind of falls apart more than like a, a better lens would, but it, you know, it's all just like pixel peeping, but, uh, 
I wish that I had a, a higher, you know, that a medium format or something with this particular shot. It would have been so much more. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely full of rich and beautiful detail mm -hmm. that that. Uh, there's there is no limit. If you had a thousand megapixels, you'd look at it and go, "I wish I had a thousand and five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Canon five D four is uh, is slightly intriguing, but it, maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, but um, uh, the, the beauty of it is, in a couple of years, it's going to be very reasonably priced because the next one sure. will be out. True. I was. I'm a photo retoucher, so I was working on some files with. I forget the name of the Canon camera, but it's the one where it's like 50 megapixels. And I will say it was pretty S. sweet. Mm, yeah. I bet. Uh, they're fun to email. I'm, I'm sure glad <laughs> that the Apple has got this new thing where it all, it'll handle very large files emailed and it's made my really? life so much better. Hmm. You're kidding. Cause I thought for me, it's like a maximum 24 megabytes. So yeah, they uh, sort of invisibly move things as a separate kind of file. Personally, I, you know, you would need, I wouldn't, my computer at work is like top of the line and it can handle those huge files, but it's almost too much, uh, you know, within, before you know it, the files easily over a gig, which isn't too bad, but you know, the more I work on it, the more layers it would just be like outgrow my computer's capacity, but it is, they are sweet. You know, there's so much detail across the board. Yeah. I shoot some gigapan work. Mm -hmm. So we're talking eh, averaging about 2,500 megapixels. Mm -hmm. in a, as a TIFF file and um, talk about grinding your machine to a halt. Yeah. But, uh, that's okay like, because uh, in a few years, your watch will handle that and it won't be a problem at all. It is true. <laughs> I it's, love the march of technology. <laughs> the quicker things get, though, the, the, the bigger the file sizes get. That's true. Um, so this was done recently. Um, Zoe and I, we made a trip to Maine and... Um, so back in September, we went there and shot for two days. And um, these bluffs are crazy good, like really cool. It's 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 interesting. I've been to a tremendous amount of national parks throughout the country, and um, this was shot in Acadia National Park. And Acadia, it has its moments where it's stunningly beautiful, as you can see, but it's so broken up, and it's really not one of my favorite parks. That being said, it makes for some fantastic location shooting. It's just magical. Um, I love, I would go back there in a second, but in, in my heart, it's certainly not one of my favorite national parks to visit and to explore. Moab would be on my list. Mm -hmm. That whole region is fantastic. There's, Moab. A, there's a spot very similar to this near Santa Cruz, California, that I need to get back to and take some pictures. Although the last time I went there, I was nearly swept out into the ocean. Oh my goodness. But, That's right. Uh, nice, fantastic coastline. Absolutely. We do, we but do. our water is even colder than yours is. It's very, very, very cold. I was in last week. Really? That, <laughs> yeah. that is true. I have a close friend in, who lives in L.A., so I go out there as often as I can. But, yeah, the Pacific Coast, the Pacific Ocean is much cooler than the uh, Atlantic. The only thing that you guys don't have is the f magical fog that mm. Maine has. Or do you guys get fog at all? We get a fog, bit. but it's more of a uh, – I, I, I have a if-then-that that alerts me if fog is going to happen on, in the right place. Uh, we have I, we have fog that absolutely takes you out. You can't take a picture of your hand mm -hmm. every day on the central coast, but we never get right, this right. thin fog, which is I, a different that, phenomenon. That was foolish of me to say because San Francisco, that whole region, is known for its fog. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's like cotton candy fog. It's useless. Really? And the yeah. farther up the coastline you get, the colder the water gets as well. 
Yeah. So LA is pretty nice, but coming up here, you're looking at quite a few degrees cooler. Yeah. It's actually interesting when you're fishing, you get completely mm-hmm. different fish between here and Santa Barbara that's an hour away. Really? Because of the difference in water temperature. Interesting. Yeah. So lovely image. Were the birds, are they in addition or were they there? Yeah, yeah, yeah I put them in there. Okay. <laughs> I, like I was going to say, those are good birds. You trained them well. Very. Yeah, they <laughs> I, flew right in the right spots. <laughs> I, wherever I go, if I have my camera with me and I see seagulls, I, constantly, I have a seagull library at this point, which I'm constantly taking them, taking shots of them. Because I think sometimes better or worse, and who knows whether I feel, hell, I will feel about it in a month or two, but I felt it needed a certain something in the sky. Oh, well, so. uh, here, magic of post-production, no seagulls, and it looks empty. It's a great big negative yeah. space that isn't working. We'll put those back. Mine, uh, mine, mine. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see seagulls, I think of that. <laughs> uh, movie is, oh, the... the uh, it's Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo with all oh, the seagulls. Okay. All the seagulls, a, they all say mine. <laughs> I yeah. kind of remember that. It's been a while since I've seen the movie. But I, That's a good I do remember that. Such a memorable good. one. Uh, I, I like the image. I like that you didn't try to overdo the color of the rocks. You know, you kept the feeling of sort of the gloom. Mm-hmm. Really works nicely. Use what did I use for that? I use like color lockout, lockup, or something in Photoshop. Played with something. I'm always messing with the color of my images and trying to tone it for better or worse. Um, but yeah, that something was tinted it somehow. Mm-hmm. I tried working with a whole bunch of tinting and brought it to my daughter, and she says, I like it how it was when you got it. I'm like, thanks. Oh, <laughs> that's not very encouraging. That's <laughs> uh, my kids. I, I was looking at Eric Almas's work, and his work just has these beautiful tones and tints to them. Um, it's, it's sort of inspiring. You know, I'd like to look at his work more and see where it takes me. Yeah, it's it. Well, this works quite nicely. Oh, thanks. Oh, this one's my favorite. This one's my favorite because it looks like she's wearing the water or whatever she's standing in. It's so cool. That's what I was supposed to be. Uh, So this was shot in Maine as well. And so he was posing against these kelp, these rocks that just have a lot of kelp on them. And I liked the shot. I loved her pose, but it just seemed like it needed something. And... I just started exploring and it just started leading me to other places far different than how the actual shot was. So, but yeah, it was supposed to be like the dress was sort of forming the water. And I actually have another idea of maybe having the entire dress as the water. Um, there are a few I'll tutorials about that. And I've thought about playing with water dresses. Um, oh, it's, it's been all, done for it. I'm sorry. It's been <laughs> done. <laughs> you know what? The coolest thing is that it almost looks like she grew out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's no, no, it's, it's so got a very fairy nymph. tale feel yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And I think I like that part of it. I also the like the the bringing the light just really on her face. It looks very organically done. It doesn't look like it just sort of happened in the box. Right. That they just kept on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Um, it worked. Thanks. Hey, it was a fun project to do. Hope to do some more. I yeah. like the texture I, of the background too. I like the. Uh, I, I shoot with water almost always. It it is definitely adds complexity and difficulty, but the effect is is so good. I've recently really I've really gotten into that recent this year this particular year. Um, 
I used to love shooting in abandoned buildings, and I can't really do that anymore. All those places have disappeared. But uh, water is starting to fascinate me like abandoned buildings used to. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So I look forward to getting into that more. This next and one is so fun. Is she running away from you? It looks like she's running for her life. Yeah, I didn't quite, I don't know. It just seemed like an interesting thing to have her do in that particular location. This was the first series of shots that we took when we were in Maine, and the fog was just magnificent that morning. And um, the bridge just looked so interesting, and that center line, I just said, run! And uh, she had the dress on, and this is what we got. It's Beautiful. really I didn't really have a story behind it. I just thought it would make for an interesting visual. I love well, the, it. The story is the picture. Yeah. That's the yeah. best kind. That's what the picture is. It's just telling a story. And it's a really neat one. <laughs> I love how she threw her arms out like that. Like, that's not really how she runs. But <laughs> I it, hope not. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> she started running, and then she was twirling around, and this was the best of those particular shots. But that fog was just fantastic. We it went through the next morning. It was absolutely beautiful. There was nothing, no fog whatsoever. Oh, and man, it, you guys captured it yeah, in the we, right moment. We have to go to Northern California to get that kind of fog. Yeah, it's very it, neat. Maine was, was The whole the light in the fog was just magical for those particular two days. And I had always dreamed about having it, being able to shoot in the fog, and I had, my, I had two great days doing it. I love good. it. Love it. Thanks. Oh, man. See, the fairy tale thing, it just keeps yeah. going, and, and I love it so much. <laughs> I, and I, I was eager to get to this because this is such a radically different color palette. You know, I, I changed this for you because, well, this particular shot that I have in Model Mayhem, it had like a tint to it, and I hadn't looked at it for a while, and I didn't really care for it which happens to me often. And uh, I stripped some of the layers off when I was making the, the JPEG for you yesterday, and this is what I got. Whether I would be happy with this, you know, a month from now, I don't know. But I didn't particularly like where the tint was as of yesterday. Finding these kind of dresses that have so much flowy material, they it must be challenging. Where do you find these things? <sighs> um, Zoe and I, I rely on her sometimes, and... There's a website that she knows of. I could dig it out somewhere. And we will both look at stuff and sort of agree with what to buy. And then I leave it to her to try and come up with the sizing. But this one was really great. I, I love this one because because it did flow so well. Some yeah, of the others beautiful. that we bought, I haven't been as happy with. Mm -hmm. But this one was just magical. And this this shot, you know. It was definitely Photoshop because I must have taken over 100, about 120 shots of her in that tree flinging her dress up. And none of them really worked as a standalone shot. And uh, this was the dress was sort of composited and stretched and just to try and create something, a flow and have some magic to it. It really worked. That's it almost really looks like nice she has things. wings. It would be nice in black and white. Yeah, it would too. You know, I never tried that. Maybe I should try it in black and white. I like it's angles, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, again, looking at all of the lines in the dress and mm -hmm. the lines in the trees, they all sort of bring you to her. And actually, the tree looks like a giant hand. It kind of does. <laughs> and does, hands are, you know, as far as composure goes, hands can be very powerful. There's a reason why they're hand models. Mm -hmm. your, brain, right. your brain is designed to recognize hands. Yeah. And this was shot in the Pacific Northwest, uh, one of the rainforests up there. Nice. And, Very uh, cool. Fabulous. Oh, this is more along Brian's lines. Yeah, I was going to say. It's, that's... 
very much beachy in the <laughs> ocean. Oh, man, I hope that water's a little bit warmer than it is here, really, because I can imagine that shoot, you're sh- like shivering. It, it, looks, it looks cold. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, really? This was shot in July on the Jersey Shore. And, oh, okay. Uh, there's this place called Sandy Hook, and it's this sort of this landmass that sort of juts out into the into the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, and so you can have the sunrise on one side and see the sunset on the other. And cool. uh, the water in Jersey gets fairly warm, and uh, this was on the Bay side, and just for some reason unknown to me, but it, it certainly is magical. So it was like a gift to me. These a couple of trees have just washed ashore, and they've been there for years and years and years, and they just make a, an absolutely fantastic uh, location and prop to work with. Yeah, you guys get your water from Florida. We get our water from Alaska. Yeah. Uh, okay, big you know, difference. Yeah. I don't like the stem coming out of her face. Everything else is gorgeous. Oh, I okay. really wish that that stem was, or that, <laughs> yeah, that branch. <laughs> you know, see. okay, now that's all that I see, and I will remove that. <laughs> Yeah. Since you're great with Photoshop. Let's do a a little quick uh, clone that out. Yeah, you're right. And back again. And yeah, it's not, it could be. It's still a gorgeous shot. We we generally try not to, you know, go through people's things and go, change (laughs) that. I I don't mind. You know, it's it's just, I've taken care of a lot of other things for some reason. And I usually notice things like that. For some reason, it it didn't notice it or bother me. At first, I thought she'd whipped her head and, you know, like a ponytail. Oh, yeah, maybe. But. Definitely, you could tell from the background that it's definitely the branch. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. I will edit that. Thank you. <laughs> it doesn't have to be done. It was just something no, I had no, to point no. out. <laughs> it does now. It's once you you cannot un- well actually in photography you can unsee things. That's what it, cloning gonna, is. It's gonna bug me more than more than you can imagine. So I'll oh, so sorry. I, I will update my images. <laughs> oh, it looks like Antelope Canyon. This. You know, I've shot at a similar location similar to this. Really? Without in, me. In, yes, uh, Bill Lemon, I know. In Utah, with uh, with no material of any kind. I love the way it flows. But the with the red rock and sandstone, it looks like, this is hard stuff to pose with. Oh, yeah. Because it's always disintegrating under your feet. So you mm. never feel like you're going to get a great um, grip. And once you finally do get that pose in, and then your feet are covered in sand, and you want to wipe them on your legs to like wipe them off... <laughs> Uh, just funny the little things that you remember from shoots like that. Well, I love the use of the dress to accentuate the shape of the rock. It's dress, so sorry, cool. Piece of cloth. It's yeah, this so was. Cool. Um, yeah, this was shot in Utah. Again, you know, I know Utah very well, and I never actually had been to these particular slot canyons. This was in the Escalante region, and okay. uh, there's these known slot canyons, very popular, called Peekaboo and Spooky. And there was when we got there. There's just too many people there. They were the most popular and probably the most spectacular. But there was this sort of throwaway side slot canyon that compared to the other two was hardly visited at all. Perfect. And we just we explored that. And I think we got in there. We walked in about five, ten minutes, and we didn't see a soul. And, of course, we were just about ready to set up, and somebody came in and passed us. And I said, you know, what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to shoot here or, or not? And she, she like hemmed in Han and said, let's just do it. And so we shot for maybe 10 minutes within that slot canyon. You know, she was shooting nude, so that was what the issue was. Mm-hmm. And um, I've so looked into I regulations. S- it's really, really bad if they catch you. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, That's where you go, I don't know. She was here. I. Uh... 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just she's um, just in the way of my taking a picture of these rocks. There's no. really interesting actually there's um a lot of suits lawsuits that have been filed against people in nudity in national parks and a lot of times when it's only breasts there is um they the women have won because they say that it's it isn't really nudity it's um a what would they i can't even remember the the stipulation but it was something about um not genitalia and yeah. they won the suit, so they were actually okay. And you technically can go topless in certain parts of certain national parks. You still don't want to do it because you might have to go to court. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's you'll a, probably I, win. <laughs> I've never heard that. You know, that's unfortunate. It, is. it just seems like, geez, I don't – the things that we do to try and get our shots and some of the stories that I've heard from other photographers, I'm nothing compared to some of the people that I know, what the extent that they will go through and the things that they would do and the, the laws that they will bend to try and get their shots. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes when you're out there, you just don't even think about anything but getting that shot. And this was one of those particular cases. Yeah. I, I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to do within this location. I knew that I definitely wanted to have that long, flowing fabric, like, ride through the lines of a slot canyon. I was hoping actually to do something with a reclining post and then just have it flow through like water. But I actually never got around to doing that because after the shot, I think we left. We only had like yeah. 10 minutes tops mm-hmm. to shoot in. There was 10 minutes for that entire day. That's all we shot. Wow. But this is one of those images. I would have killed to have had an hour or two there. I bet. Well, it sounds like you need to take a trip back there, especially sure on one I... of our days off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll... Hey, I'd love to go with you guys. <laughs> I really would love to shoot with you. Let's next week. <laughs> hey, gladly. I, I would love to come out. Well, California is one of my favorite places. I love uh, okay. her. I love her show leg too. Her show leg was perfect. She has a very <laughs> was good arch and everything. Yes, so he knows what she's doing. Definitely. All right. This this is one of my favorites. Just Super on concept. Yeah. So this is one of those Ophelia shoots. And and this was this has a story to it also because I tried to choose images. This is one of my favorite images, and I'd love to do more of this type of stuff. But this also has a big background story to it. So that other shoot with the leeches, right after we did that, we went to this particular lake, and um, again, Caitlin is is awesome. She's a trooper. You know, things don't scare her, and. We, I was able to shoot her in this lake, and I like the shots. I, I just didn't add them into this portfolio that I sent you. But it showed to me that this particular location was doable, and I wanted to do this particular concept where the model is like asleep in the water with this long flowing fabric or um, blanket, blanket, yeah. blanket among these they're not I don't know if they're lily pads, but they're sort of in the lily pad family. Mm-hmm. Um, what is she laying on? Is she standing and like posing like she's, she's laying? sort of? I have an idea. Sometimes um, you try to she, have you have to like try to make it look natural. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing with her, she was sort of floating, but she couldn't quite float in that angle. So a lot of this was done in post, where the dress was sort of stretched to make it was more flowing. Got it. Um, when I go back and do it another time, I I have these thermorest uh, backpacking air mattresses mm-hmm. and i'd like to model lay in that because that will get her to lay completely flat that's so that's really hopefully cool. for next year yeah but this particular shot oh god um i'm glad i did it this was i tried to do this three times and this was the third time the first time 
I went there with Zoe and she wasn't feeling well and she, she couldn't go into the water. And so that shoot was a bit of a bust. The second, the week after that, I was anxious to get the shot in because it was August and the summer's coming to an end and I had a window or a couple weeks left where the water was going to be warm enough to shoot this. And I put out a casting call for a model who's comfortable in nature and explained that the shoot was going to be in a lake. It's a lake, you know, but the water is relatively, it's clean lake water. It's not like a pool, Mm -hmm. but I had shot there before and it was okay. So this lovely model applied to the casting and I went with her and I knew in the car ride over to this location that something was off because she was caking on makeup in the car. And it's like, this is an outdoor water shoe. Why are you putting on so much makeup? This is what I was thinking internally. And at one point she had a lot of blush on and it was streaky. And I made some comment about her that the blush is streaky. It needs to be blended more. And she just like snapped at me like, I know what I'm doing. So I knew I was in, this was going to be interesting. And we went to one particular location where the stream, and the stream is very clean, and just to get warmed up and acquainted with one another. And I realized she was not comfortable in nature, even though she thinks that she is. She was even too afraid to put her hand on a tree because of bugs or, you know, something creepy might be there. So I knew I was in for trouble. And she even had said, like, even butterflies freak her out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She completely misrepresented herself. Yeah. So we got to this lake, and she took one look at it. She said, you said the lake was going to be clean. So obviously she wasn't going to go in it. Yeah. It's a lake. I turned away from her, and I wanted to scream. And I just, you know, I got her out here. It was an hour's drive from home. It's like, you know what, let's just go to another location, try and make lemonade out of lemons. And um, we just did some lovely enough images of her wearing a dress in this field, but it was seemed uninspired to me and nothing of the sort that what I wanted to do. And she would have been fantastic, too. Uh, So that was shoot attempt number two. Number three, um, sorry if I'm spending too much time on this particular shot. Uh, Attempt number three, I put out a casting call again. Taylor showed up and she was fantastic and went for it and we had a great time. Uh, came out great. You know, I've rappelled down uh, down cliffs before. For I believe shoot. that. Really? <laughs> Doesn't yes. surprise me at all. Uh, there is nothing Roxanne will not do. But... It's true. Brian has to like stop me from doing things. Like, no, no, no. No, no, no. I, I love models like that. They're, they're fantastic and fun to work with. Well, it's how you get the best shots because look at that. She, That model gave up the opportunity to have that be her shot. That is so cool. And she yeah. is missing out huge just because she's being a pansy. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back to some very long fabric. Can I guess this is the same piece of fabric? Same trip. Um, so, yes. Uh, she did such a good job of wrapping it tightly around her body. Yes, she did. Body. That is, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, this, let's, I call this one serendipity. Um, this was shot outside of Zion National Park, and it's just this side canyon that I absolutely love. And usually when I go there, there's nobody else there. And I could sit there for hours, and it has these water pools. So I knew when we went to Zion that I wanted to shoot there. And we were doing some stuff with a dress or two, and it just wasn't happening, and it just seemed uninspired. I shot some nude stuff there, which didn't turn out too bad, but it, it just wasn't happening. And so maybe we got out this red fabric again, and suddenly 
this just wind just came as sweeping through the canyon and didn't let up. And we just both started laughing because we knew this was just like magic. And it was absolutely incredible to, to all the ways that this dress flew. And it, it was just absolutely and yet it didn't one take of her the best it. experiences yeah. ever. <laughs> I know, that would have been that? heavy. It didn't take her away. <laughs> no, no, it did not. Um, it was one of the most magical experiences that I've ever had shooting. I mean, it was just incredible. At the end of our, after about shooting for about 10 minutes, we both looked at the images and Zoe just says to me, we're not going to top this. Let's just stop and go, go to the hotel. And, uh, yeah, she was right. Well, uh, uh, Roxanne's nailed it. The way that it has wrapped around and given her a very feminine figure, mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. like a very form fitting dress is magic. It It really is. is. I, I actually, when I got these shots home, I had such high hopes for them. And I couldn't bear to look at the raws for about a week or so <laughs> because I was so afraid that I was going to be disappointed. And uh, You build it up so much in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes things never are as good as you, you would hope that, that they were or you remember them to be. But I was just so afraid to look at them that they were going to be disappointed. But, uh, you know, I was happy with them. I find that processing a shoot is sort of an emotional journey. You open up the raws and you're like, well, I guess there's a few here I can make something. And then yeah. you start, you know, working on them and you're like, ah, it's pretty good. And by the end, you're like, very nice. <laughs> and so sometimes you miss them and, you know, you come back a month or two later because you see things differently. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you see things, see what you actually got instead of what you had hoped for. And um, sometimes that's not bad. You know, I uh, again, this is a serendipitous picture, but I'm just looking at how it's got this nice little darkness at the bottom the lines working their way up with the rocks and the dress. It, it really hard to even do this on purpose. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's quite striking. That area of Zion is just absolutely fantastic. It's yeah, just... we need to get out there. Mm-hmm. Have you been? I have not been to Zion and, and I can think of a few people in the, uh, the, this weekend photo army that would probably mount a journey if we'd, proposed it it's true i should i should i'd love to take you there i'd love to take you to my canyon excellent mm-hmm. excellent it's a great place never sure about the light though and this was another shot from that uh utah trip that we did and this was shot outside of um lake powell that texture is insane yeah i i brought this in because this is just firstly just geologically it's a really fascinating spot where things are coming together yeah um, that's that's why i love utah it's just an unbelievable place and um yeah that's yeah there's lines it's just the way they crisscross like that it's 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 absolutely incredible the it's got a so the the lines at the top are almost feminine in their curve they're very yes, soft sure i can see that the Lines on the bottom half have this very striking sort of power feeling about them. Mm-hmm. Everything draws you to her. Mm-hmm. It's it's really quite good. I knew I wanted to break that line, so yeah, I I, I could shoot that spot probably all afternoon. Yeah, probably should have. I it's it's a shame. I have so many shots from that particular location that I've hardly posted anything. And this particular shot, she had a green wig on, and. Uh, the colored shots were quite interesting as well. <laughs> and for some reason, it seemed my work generally isn't too glammy looking. And for me, it, it seemed 
more my style for black and white than to see, have a I look at that green. and I've, if you, you tell me a green wig, I'm like, that's going to be great for black and white conversion. I can yeah. isolate that wig easy. This is another case of there isn't film or sensor big enough that that needs all the resolution you can throw at it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful model. Of Just film. a beautiful, beautiful image. And the last image in the run until the next time you come see us. <laughs> Which is soon, I hope. That was that was fun. That, I had a blast. So uh, we, we like to cover where you're going with this. Are you looking at uh, moving more into this as a full-time gig or yeah? I, I have no idea. Um, I have some health issues and I absolutely have to have health insurance so um well, i'm not going i'm not going that. anywhere they're gonna to have to pry me from my full-time job but um <laughs> we both have it, day jobs over here for that yeah, same yeah. <laughs> so photography is just going to be a passion and you know my goal for the rest of my life is just to make a few beautiful memorable images that's it's mm-hmm. all i want to be able to do and i uh, i really would love to see you take on some of the art show circuit i think you're you're Work is just perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you. I always kind of suffer from some low self-esteem, so I've never really pursued getting myself out there too much. Uh, I think uh, you have no reason to feel that way. I think the practice is done. You may now perform. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Thank thank you. But it's the winter time. I'm not, you know, going to have a few things lined up, but I don't know. Generally, it slows down. But uh, maybe I'll shoot more stuff indoors and concentrate on coming up with some interesting portraits. Spring spring is not that far away. It's true. You guys live in California. You don't know what it's like here in New Jersey. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) One one flight away. So uh, we found Andy on Mm -hmm. Model Mayhem at a Baca. And we suggest everybody in the audience zip over and have a look at that. And that is spelled A-B-A-C-H-A. Really? My work comes up as like that. (laughs) It does indeed. Yeah. And um, what's the best way if somebody wants to get a hold of you? Um, Go through Model Mayhem, I guess. I have Flickr site. It's good. Yeah. That would probably be the best. With our audience, I suspect ninety-five percent of the people that would uh, would have need to talk to you. That would be uh, they probably okay. all It'd have be model a good, yeah, good medium. <laughs> that would work. I, I'm always there. Um. <laughs> Thank you again to our sponsors, guests, and this week in photography for making this podcast possible. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, or check out our unedited episodes at thisweekinphoto.com. We'll see you next time on Twip Glam. Bye-bye.